powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, it was a scoreline probably better suited for Labor Day than for May Long Weekend, <laughs> but we have a pretty amazing game to break down for you here on Game Over Calgary. I'm Peter. He is Audie. That, that was that, and we will break it all down here on Game Over Calgary. It was Game One of the Battle of Alberta in the Western Conference semifinal with the Oil or with the Flames now up one nothing in the series. Can the Oilers bounce back to tie up the series? Heading back to Calgary for Game Two. Ask our friends over at Sports Interaction doing it right since 1997 sports interaction is Canada's sports book with the most competitive odds sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out before the game starts live in play or how your favorite player will perform uh matthew kachuk performed in this one today um i don't know if you can bet on how many chirps one can have um, <laughs> or how many hats keith kachuk will throw on the ice uh, we'll see if we can work that in for game two see all sports betting has to offer join now at sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn that's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn 19 years or older please play responsibly uh i hope you took over 14 and a half tonight um if you could get if you waited a, a little bit i think it was at around 16 and a half you could get the under there um but Audie, that was one of the craziest just things not even hockey games just things that these eyeballs have ever seen there's a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that happened there was a lot of goals uh which was pretty evident by the final score there was six <laughs> or nine to six so um b- beyond the we want 10 chance it was uh it was a crazy atmosphere it looked like it was it was unreal uh, i watched the first two periods at the bar and then came home but uh my goodness man like yeah i i can't remember the last time i've watched a hockey game that was uh that was that intense like from start to finish and the Oilers made it a hockey game. Yes. Yes, they did. Um, I, I would suggest they had a bit of help in that uh, venture. And did, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, like it. talk about the number of things we have to talk about in this game. It feels like Mike Smith was the starting goalie back in 1991. That's how long ago all of that madness was going on. But <laughs> I, I just like first and foremost, because there there are different things to break down. And there's a couple holes to, to, to pick in this game. That was an incredible performance from the Flames. Like from from the people who weren't wearing goalie pads, I thought the Flames played an incredible hockey game. Oh, one of the best, if not the best, complete effort uh, from, like you said, everybody not wearing goalie pads uh, in this playoff so far. How many did Coleman finish with two? Yeah, Chuck finished with three. Uh, Brett Ritchie chipping in like it was everybody like Brett Ritchie. Really? I yeah. did a double take. I was like, who got that? Well, Brett Ritchie, you're going to let Brett Ritchie do that to you. Yeah. Um, but my God, man. Yeah. Everybody was uh, everybody was chipping in. It didn't quite matter uh, which line or which, you know, role you were playing. Everybody chipped mm-hmm. in. It was fun to watch. It really was. Uh, it's funny that going into game seven, we, we did the, the pre-go, uh, pregame show on here and said, you know what? We really need Matthew Kachuk to step up. He's now tied for the team leading goals this playoffs with four. Uh, he, he, he done stepped. He, he was that first line. I mean, really, like I, I keep, okay, I'm going to pinpoint this guy. Well, let's go the whole line. Oh, let's just go the whole team again. Because like the top line was flying that shift where they were just doing a bunch of just handoffs on the, the, the cycle up top. That was just playing with your food. And then like this was easily the best that the Coleman line has played. Um, oh, I thought Dylan yeah. Dubé played the best of anyone who didn't score tonight. And like Lucic was Lucic. Lewis had some defensive um, plays that were really good. As you mentioned, Brett Ritchie scored got worked on the goal but he scored and when you can just have a, a net even then that that works well and it's weird to say about a game where you gave up six 
I thought they defended pretty well, considering who they're playing against. I thought a lot of the six was more on Markstrom. Like, I just, I really mm-hmm. feel like this is a, a complete team effort from the Flames. But it all starts with the guys at top, and that's that's Matthew Kachuk and company on this night. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head perfectly. And, and to talk about Trevor Lewis, too, who uh, I think played a fantastic game. That two-on-one mm-hmm. with, with Milan Lucic, the, the patience that he had, oh, like when he kind of gets around Koskinen, and then fires the puck across like Lucic obviously was just looking for the for the pass and the tap in, but Lewis like my goodness the the creativity and on that play too didn't lead to a goal but my like it had me like holy smokes here we are yeah uh, Trevor Lewis has shown up but man yeah everybody like you said about Dylan Dubé too probably uh, one of the hardest working to not be on the score sheet but um, yeah it was uh, it was a good game and and you know you look at a nine to six score and you think well how can one team be dominant it was a three goal game and you know you scored 15 goals in the entire game but the flames were for the better part of this hockey game the the more dominant team mm-hmm. so um it was nice to see it was exactly what i wanted to see from a game one battle of alberta uh and i i don't know you couldn't have drawn it up any better i know it's been 31 years since we've had this but my god we're playing 1980s hockey all over again it really felt like that like right? there was i mean again one of the hallmarks bad goaltending yeah. um but you had that like there, there was physicality we had the the little Donnybrook at the end of the game that um that that's going to lead I think to a little bit more bad blood in in game two that there was a lot of I think kind of key moments in this game like obviously the the fast start was incredible it's two nothing they're a minute in they use their timeout 51 seconds into the hockey game crazy which I, I I can't remember that one um, like I I've, I've seen a lot of this sport that, that felt like a new one to me, but I thought, and this is again, a weird thing to say after the Oilers tied it at six, um, I thought Calgary's answer was really, really good. Cause they had every reason to just kind of fold up shop there. Like Edmonton is going, McDavid looks excellent. Dry is dangerous. Yamamoto's contributing. Like here come the Oilers. You've just blown a four goal lead. Uh, if you lose this game, it's the fifth time in history that's ever happened. And the flames responded and it was just like, bang, bang. And it was back to being, Hey, hey we're the better team here. Let's not forget that. I thought a tremendous response to what adversity the Flames did have to face in this game. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I was I was shaking in my boots a little bit when they tied it up at six. I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, there's no way. Like this team deserves a better fate than 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 being tied six six in this hockey game. And we'll talk about Markstrom a little bit in in a bit here. But everybody up front did what they had to do, and you know, you mentioned uh, not taking your foot off the gas or whatever hockey cliche you want to put into put into uh, attributing to that but um yeah just a just a hell of a game it was yeah. uh a lot of fun edge of my seat uh yeah it was it was good and it's a shame the red lot didn't happen tonight because i oh. feel like so many people would have been able to experience that uh that energy outside as well due to the wind in calgary there was no red lot tonight but yeah. um would have been nice i mean yeah sucks that people didn't get to go but uh there's there's gonna be more hockey in this series so we'll yes. get more red lots um, uh, before we, we transition out of this, I'm, I'm imagining there's a couple of thoughts in the, uh, the chat. Someone uh, on Twitter saying, so uh, goaltending was a bit, a bit of a factor, wouldn't you say? I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I would say goaltending or lack thereof uh, played a role in this one. I would suggest, and I brought it up a couple of times, I think we just go six on six for the next game. I, yeah. I just And just let's see what happens. Yeah, that'd be fun, right? Yeah. Um, on the topic of goalie, Brian saying here in the chat, if Markstrom can pull it together for a whole 60 and our offense performs like that, 
game over. I see what he did there. Ah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, almost as many goals tonight as they had in the entire first round, which I think they probably beat their goal total for the first round. It took the, it took them till game five close. to get nine. Okay, um, so which is yeah, so that's hilarious. It's nuts. Like that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's what happens when you go from Jake Ottinger when you're peppering him with shots and he's stopping everything right. to a tandem of Mike Smith and, and Miko Koskinen. You yeah, know, you'll get you'll get two goals in the first 59 seconds of the hockey game or whatever, whatever that was. Uh Conrad says, so Stuart Skinner for the Oilers in game two. <laughs> Look, oh. I love I love the the goalie cycle that's going on because it's just more potential opponents when we eventually get a goalie fight. Like you that's can get it. like a couple of different like Mike Smith's gonna fight somebody at some point in this series, but like Koskin and I think could be a special kind of crazy. I feel like you could get Markstrom going. I don't know about uh, my, my my boy Darth Vlader in there, um, Dan Vladar, but I, I feel like he's a, he'd be an underdog. Yeah, yeah. Like so he's I, just, I he like, looks so quiet. Yeah, it's like dangerously quiet. I don't know. I feel like there could be something going on there. Um, I do want to touch on what that that one comment said about how like this is the difference from going from Smith to to Ottinger and um, how hilarious all the jokes were that we were able to make at the the beginning of this. But (laughs) it it is kind of like um, some people were using weightlifting terminology, which this may surprise you is over my head a little bit. But um, when, when you're playing baseball. And like sometimes you'll see the guys who just have like a big iron rod out in the the batting circle or whatever. And um, I would always just use like three or four bats because I wanted to look cool. But it it makes the bats feel heavier. And then you go up there and the bats super light and you can get more bat speed. That's kind of Mm -hmm. what this game was, where it's like you have this weight that's dragging you down. But then you use that same effort and you get nine in this game. Like it it really was. I, I was quite impressed that the Flames brought that same intensity, that same compete level. They were winning everything along the wall and they were creating opportunities off of that. And it was just the stuff that wasn't going in on Ottinger was going in on Smith slash Koskinen. But I, I love that the flames just carried over what they did well in the last series into this series. And they kicked the crap out of the Oilers in it. I think that's the best part about it is that they didn't skip, like didn't skip a beat whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like they played the exact same that they did in, uh, in the first series against Dallas, which, you know, we talked about it a little bit, in that series too, was, you know, if they keep, if they play like they've played this entire series against Dallas, eventually against the Edmonton Oilers, it's like, we, we called that this would something like this would happen. Like they're going to score a lot more goals uh, on, on Mike Smith and Miko Koskin. And then they did against, uh, against Jake Ottinger, who in your terminology was the, uh, was the bat donut in the uh, on deck circle uh, compared (laughs) to, compared to actually stepping up to the plate. But yeah, it was, uh, they they didn't miss a beat. They played no. the exact same, which which was fun. That's the hockey that we we love to see them play. Everybody stepped up. Everybody contributed. Yeah. It was just uh, all around really good, and I uh, I enjoyed it. I know you did uh, you did as well. Um, just a couple quick notes here as mm-hmm. well. Uh, white knuckled win, but the nice part is this is going to put the rest of the league on notice for what the series is going to be like. And I love that comment because I feel like not a lot of people outside of these two markets really uh, know a whole heck of a lot about the battle of Alberta or what it means. But when you've got like to drop some names, David Ambers and the Frank Sarah valleys and, and the big uh, insiders at this series, like they're, they're coming to the Calgary Edmonton battle of Alberta for the second round. It's kind of putting it on notice. So uh, I'm hoping that this series gets a lot more, uh, a lot more exposure to other markets who maybe haven't, uh, haven't been able to follow it up to this point. 
I mean, it's getting the the Steve Dangle watch along treatment. So you, you right. know, big things are happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, can't really watch the other TV covers. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry if you're watching Steve. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this was it, it was just kind of a nice like tone setter. Like, hey, by the way, rest of the league, because I thought like the first couple of games of the Dallas series sucked, right? Like it was yes. it, it was low event hockey. It was just it, it was barely hockey. It was just kind of the puck bounced around a little bit and then we called it a night. Right. But I, I thought the last couple of games were actually pretty entertaining, but everyone kept dumping on the series like, no, 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 this is actually pretty good. And now th- this is going to carry the next game could be one nothing with four shots in the whole game. And this would still be a net positive for the entertainment value of this series. Um, I don't know if that's the pace that the Flames want to keep up this whole time, though. I'm sure they'll take nine. But when you look at like how you want games to be played, I don't know if that's necessarily the style that Calgary is looking to play in this series. No, and I would be anxious. I like I said, I or I haven't said yet, but came right down here to start recording right pretty much after I saw the last little bit of that game. So I didn't get to see or hear about anything Daryl Sutter has said, but I would imagine he's probably not happy with the with the way this game ended. Uh, you could see him on the bench after, like you said, there with that little uh, incident with with Cassian and Lucic. You could see him on the bench, and he just didn't look impressed and you know you could you could chalk that up to Daryl being Daryl or the fact that he was actually kind of pissed yeah uh, I and I, I would tend to go with the latter knowing yeah. how this coach is well and I, I think that message was received in the locker room after um Matthew Kachuk's at the I'm, I'm assuming at the podium uh right now and said of this game not good probably our worst game of the playoffs and he had that, a hat trick yeah that from someone who had a hat trick Right. Um, and quite frankly, was rather putrid the first six games of the last series. Yeah. Um, look, I, I disagree with that. I think, like I said before, I think the Flames played really, really well. And we've gone about 15 minutes on the program and I've been dancing around it the whole time. We have to talk about Jacob Markstrom. We do. Um, yeah. Like this is this is three games that are, I guess he was pretty good in in game seven, um, mm-hmm. especially late when Dallas had a couple of chances in overtime. But like the, it, it just it never felt like peak Jacob Markstrom during that series. And tonight he was he was just bad. Like he was he was yes. quite bad. Yeah, I don't like I don't know what you chalk that up to. I mean, it's tough because, you, you know, this guy's a Vesna finalist. Mm-hmm. This isn't the type the the type of game we expect uh, him to play. But both of the Hyman goals, I think he wants back. The, McDa- the first McDavid goal, there's not much you're doing. That's just a lucky. The, the puck spurts back right onto the stick of the best player on the planet and yeah. uh, and has all the patience in the world. Goes five hole. Nothing you can do with that one. But those those two Hyman goals, I know he wants back. He had a couple pieces on some that went in, but I don't know what it is. If it was the jitters, if it was the the fact that this is you know a pretty a pretty big series against a pretty big opponent, or you know, it could have been a lot of different things. We don't know. We're not, we're not yeah. him. We're not in the room. We don't know what's going on there. But uh, the fact of the matter is like, <laughs> ideally you don't let in. Well, normally you don't let in six goals and still win the hockey game. Yes. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he's got to give some stick taps and some love to the guys up front to uh, who got the job done and quite frankly, bail them out. Yeah. Yeah. Ottinger is just like sitting, watching this game. He's like, Oh, now you let in six. Yeah, hey? Seriously. Yeah, great. <laughs> I stopped 67 on? the other night. Um, exactly. I loved it when they, when they had two goals on three shots, I looked it up. If the flames had scored on 66% of their shots against uh, Ottinger, they would have had 44 the other night. So it was uh, quite, quite the, the shooting gallery there, but no, like he was, he was not good. And the thing that worries me, and they brought it up on the, the broadcast with, with Amber and Rudy sitting up there. 
this is the most hockey he's ever played. Um, Even like some of the playoff years with Vancouver, he maxed at 60 and we're at game 71 for him Mm -hmm. right now. And that's like, we're at a point now where it is game on day off game on day off. You're not getting unless the, 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 or the, the flames, sorry, are sweeping the series. You're not getting an extended period of time off until someone is lifting that trophy over their head at the end of this thing. And if it's going to be the flames, that dude needs to be on his game. And so if, if he is wearing down now, there's still a lot what 11 wins that you need to get. If you want to get to the, the final destination of this whole thing, that that is my concern right now is I I was worried about this during the year. I thought there was some times where they could have got him some rest as the season went along. They didn't. And now I'm in a spot where I'm worried about it. Yeah, that was going to be my actual my follow up question to you was, you know, what what were your thoughts? Because Twitter, lots of people on Flames Twitter were were on the same train, right? The uh you know, why, why play him? Like some of them were not well, meaningless down the stretch in the sense that, you know, they'd already clinched a playoff spot. I know they wanted to, uh, to clinch the division, which they ended up doing, but um, yeah, like there were just some games where, or, or playing back-to-backs. Like he's, he's a couple times this year, he played both, both games in a back-to-back. Um, just, I, I don't know. I wish that he got a little bit more rest. I don't know if this is, if this is a product of, of just playing too much. Right. Or what the case may be, I guess we'll we'll never truly know yeah. um, until the very end. But um, I'm not nervous, though. I'll, I'll say okay. that I'm not. I'm not worried. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I hope that you know he kind of comes back and 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 gets back to form here. But uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm worried yet. Uh, the worry will come if there's a third round for this team and and he still kind of looks like this. Yeah. Uh, then it, you know then it's you, you'll call it what it is. But uh, I'm not quite uh, pressing the panic button yet. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not there yet. If it if it looks bad again in game two, then I'm pushing the panic button. Like I've I've at least taken the plastic cover off of the panic yeah. button, and I'm looking at it for the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, like it could be just like a weird game, and a couple of people saying like playing down to the, the competition. I think it was. Um, Scorch stack, and even if it isn't, a tremendous follow for Flames Twitter. Fantastic. Um, but I, I believe it was them who was saying, like, when you hear an orchestra and one person screws up and that screws up everyone else, that was just Markstrom watching Mike Smith at the other end. So yeah. like, oh, he screwed up. Now I have to screw up. Mm-hmm. And uh, screw up he did. Uh, but the Flames do come away with a 9-6 win. Uh, a couple more quotes. Uh, Daryl Sutter after <laughs> the game. Um, we were told it was a boring series last time. So I told the players yesterday, if we score seven to 10 goals and they, um, and that they score five to eight, then we'd win. So uh, Daryl Sutter is very much appreciating the, the humor of the situation as um, he's a, a rather like, it's very dry, but a rather sarcastic fellow. Oh yes, And that's that, that one's hilarious. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's good at that. Uh, Go with a couple comments, I guess, here. Uh, catch up, if I can, to some of these lovely comments here. Uh, here, Okay, let's start here. Uh, Charlotte is saying, do we risk playing Vladar then and give Marky the rest and take the L in game two if that means a better performance in game three? No. No. No, I, I, th- there are no scheduled losses in the playoffs. No, I, I hear what you are saying. Um, and I, I, I appreciate the thought, but I, I would not do that. That, that is, that, that is playing with fire in this series. I don't want to give the Oilers any kind of momentum going into, to any game, especially you like don't want to split at home. No, you don't want to split your home games too, right? No. Like you take advantage of those, you know what it's going to be like playing in Edmonton. 
Yeah. Uh, if you can come out with two with two wins at home, go into Edmonton with a two nothing lead. Even if you split that series at home and come back home, that's yeah. that's that's a good that's a good position to be in. Right. Uh, but scheduled losses, yeah, I, I don't. I, I do understand what you're saying because I know your your thought process is probably along the train of, you know, Marky didn't get the Markstrom didn't get the rest that uh, that maybe a lot of people thought he needed during the regular season. So now you got to make up for lost time. But now is not the time to do that. Uh, yeah. I I don't I just don't think that's the way to go about it. And it could have just been a bad game, right? Like they just had a few days off. Maybe he was rusty. Maybe he's used to playing too much and it was too much rest. Like we'll, we'll never really know, but it, it is an interesting conversation. Like, is it just like a video game with a stamina bar? And if he would have taken off February 20th against Chicago or whoever, I'm just throwing out a date in the team. Mm-hmm. But um, if you would have taken off random game X, does that give him a bit more of a boop going into this one? Like how, how does that work? We won't know. Right. Um, but I mean, look, they could have put Vladar in net in this one and he could have held him to at least eight. So uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Like, do, do you think that maybe they should have put Vladar in for the third or like a lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, why don't you, you know, why don't you? And uh, they don't, but you know, they still yeah. end up getting the win, but I don't it's know. Just, it's such a close game, right? Like, it is. Do, do you feel more comfortable with 75% of Markstrom or with hundred percent of Vladar? I'm still, I'm still with the guy who's going to Vegas as a Vesna nominee, you know, yeah. like it's, it, it is difficult. And like, if this were the regular season, then hundred percent, you sit them and you probably sit them for the next game, but because this is the playoffs and because it's winning time and because like all of these guys are tired and everyone is hurt, you just kind of ask him, Hey, pretty please. Can you deal with it? Maybe a little bit better than you did in game one. Right? No, I, uh, I, I agree with you here. One more uh, quick one here from Conrad. And I think it's, I think it's satire. I'm not sure. But uh, says, Audie, what if we call up Wolf for game three? That isn't a scheduled loss. That's a curveball with a black ace. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he's joking around because uh, I know I know Conrad's uh, he's a good dude. And I know he knows better than this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think, first of all, the Stockton Heat are in a very uh, deep playoff run right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that losing him and and, you know, putting that team at a disadvantage is that's not even the main point about why you don't bring up Dustin Wolf right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, very, very, uh, very evident that he doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience. So uh, no chance, I would say, <laughs> that we see Dustin Wolf in this series. So yeah, uh, I feel pretty good. Yeah, uh, Conrad, fo- I, will, interaction. I will follow up that Conrad did say totally a joke, which <laughs> I, I, I figured it was. So yeah, <laughs> glad that we uh, glad that we were able to clarify here. Uh, sorry, one more. The nine to five game in the regular season was six to five going into the third, I believe, chose to leave Markstrom in then too. Fair point. Yeah. Yep. Fair point. And that's and I wasn't trying to make a point or a case to put Vladar in, but I just want to ask the question because a lot of people were asking that question on uh, on Twitter going into the third period. Oh yeah, if they would have done it, if they would have put Vladar in going into the third, I wouldn't have flipped my kitchen table over or anything like that. Like it, it would have been justified. A, a, yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been a legitimate response to what you had seen so far. It wouldn't have been the response I would have had, but it, it would have been a, a legitimate response to, to what was going on. On the uh, Oilers side of things, I know like Wayne Gretzky is the, the greatest hockey player of all time. This is uh, agreed upon. But um, for for my age bracket, and I know I'm a bit older than you are, the, the Gretzky that I remember was New York Rangers Gretzky. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't really get peak Wayne Gretzky. I got him yeah. looking at his best in that fantastic Statue of Liberty jersey. But um, I didn't get peak Wayne Gretzky. I have never seen a player 
who is more dangerous with the puck than Connor McDavid. Like when, when he touches the puck and something amazing doesn't happen for the Oilers, I am stunned. He was everywhere in this game and played almost a perfect hockey game. I thought like he, I, I, it, it pains me to give credit to anything Oilers on this Calgary based uh, podcast. Yeah. But dude, he, he was, was good. Unbelievable. And, and we shouldn't have expected any difference. Right. You know, he's, he's got, I think now he, well, he had four points tonight. Yeah. 14 points coming into this game. And I'm put him up to 18 in, in eight playoff games or eight games so far of this playoff, grief. which is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of Gretzky, I was three when he retired. So I don't remember much about watching no. Gretzky. Um, but, you know, obviously watching highlights and watching McDavid now, you know, like in NHL, when you get those special, uh, what do they call them? The X factors. Yeah. He, that guy's got to have the, I don't know if he does or not, but the puck on a string, like that guy puts the puck wherever he wants. Yeah. I think uh, he just has all the X factors, even the goalie ones. Every just, single, to, to yeah. Every yeah. single X factor. Like he's, he's, he's a literal cheat code. His HUD card has to be 99. Uh, at the start of next year for how good this man is. Yeah. Uh, they should, they should honestly, side note, just put his card to like 69, we'll say, at the start of the year. And then nice. like by September, he'll be a 95 or something, anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, it, it, anyway, just totally unrelated. But yeah, disgusting. Absolutely gross hockey player. Every time he touches the puck, I, you know, I get, I get a little bit more scared uh, as a Calgary Flames fan and as someone who covers the team. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Or yeah. not frustrating. It's 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 terrifying. It's not frustrating. It's terrifying. That's what it is. It's like yeah. it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but this is the thing. And again, it's it's weird to criticize a forward group that scored six tonight. Um, although I mean, technically, like Bouchard scored one. Um, it was McDavid. It was Drysital. We got some Hyman. Yeah, and that was it, right? And this is what we talked about coming into the series. We ran through all four Flames line um forward lines and. Top line, excellent. However you want to maneuver, second and third line, excellent, excellent. Fourth line, grading on a curve, excellent. Mm -hmm. I forgot Jesse Pugliarvi was in the NHL until the third period when he took a shot. Um, Cassian's yeah. main impact was taking a really bad penalty when the Oilers made it 5-2, to two, then made the uh, Flames take it to 6-2. to two. Like, I, I just, this is going to be a very difficult hill for Connor McDavid to climb if he is climbing alone and it really feels like right now, aside from a couple of guys who are like kind of hanging out on his wings, he's, he's climbing alone. Like they're, they're just, there was not enough from anyone else in this game from an Oilers perspective for them to, to get over that hump. And I thought that was a, a real edge that Calgary had. Well, the lack of supporting cast is nothing new uh -huh. for Connor McDavid and, and this uh, iteration of the Edmonton Oilers, but it, it almost makes me feel for the guy like from, for like, for a little bit, like taking the Calgary bias and the Flames fan aside, like I do feel for the guy because he is, you know, far and away the best hockey player on the planet. And, uh, you, you know, this guy's had no supporting cast yeah. for what's he been in the league for probably seven or eight years now, right? Or probably anyway, regardless, seven, six or seven, I don't know. Uh, but like this guy, like needs, they, they, they need to get this guy, this man a supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise, as uh, the great Steve Dangle once said about Eric Carlson, he is wasting the prime of his career like ripe fruit on a dead tree. So, yes, um, you don't want to see that happen to someone with with the God given talent like uh, like Connor McDavid. As, as much as it pains me to say, as the uh, as the flame side of things uh, uh, come. So, yeah, yeah, I thought this was 
a lot of the, like, it was all of the issues that the Oilers were going to worry about in one game. And again, you give up nine. So probably, yeah. but it was lack of supporting cast. Their D zone coverage was atrocious. Very bad. All night. Did not the exist. Flame, the flames had just a permanent residence right in front of whoever the goalie was and could just do whatever they want. They won every puck battle behind the net, which was able to, to create those opportunities. So defense for the Oilers, bad and that's another thing we've talked about for forever and a day and then goaltending we've established was less than ideal from an Oilers perspective it was just like every box that we had favored for the flames was just a giant red check mark on this night and that's the reason why we're talking about a game one Calgary win yeah absolutely no it's uh you know everything you said there was was bang on uh sorry just a couple quick uh mm-hmm. notes here we got some people asking some uh some questions here uh Conrad asking Peter Naughty, do you think we see any supplemental discipline after what happened at the end of the game? No matter how much I love seeing Luch drop Cassian, uh, or no matter how much I loved seeing Luch drop Cassian, uh, I'm worried. I don't think uh, they're. I don't think I don't we think do. So. No. If if that's going to get them suspended, then someone's going to get a lot more uh, suspended, or because that that is <laughs> that is the tip of the iceberg for what we are dealing with in this series. I think yeah, so buckle I, up I, if that's if that's the if that's the uh, the bar you're going to set for suspensions, then then buckle up. You're in for a rude awakening for the rest of the series as it goes on. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's going to be anything. And like I said, I, I think that we we we've only just begun. Um, Brian wants to know if you can hear the honking downtown still, uh, <laughs> it says it's still going strong. So <laughs> I'm not sure if you, uh, if you plan on going to bed after this or not, but, uh, yeah, good luck if, if everybody's still, uh, still honking. Yeah. It wasn't um, quite as nice out tonight. So it didn't have any windows open. So I, I, I could not hear the honking, but I would imagine that, um, as, as blustery as it was, I think the red mile will be uh, rather raucous tonight. Uh, Damon says, I've never seen McDavid take a hit like any of those three he took early on. He's going to face a physical grind like he's never seen. Yeah. And that, I would, that I, agree with. I would agree wholeheartedly with, with, uh, with that statement there. They're going to, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, I feel like that's the only way you're going to really beat him. Yeah. If you can <laughs> catch him, hit him, right? Like, that's the only thing that he really kind of lacks. I mean, aside from that hit that Udi layout in that, oh, Sean Dursey. Was it game seven? Yes. He came out flying and he just took him out along the uh, along the half wall yeah. there. I, well, you would um, think like something that moves that fast is going to do some damage, right? Like if he he doesn't have to be our size. If he's going at 45 kilometers an hour, it's going to suck for whatever he runs into. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. The speed factor comes into uh, comes into consideration for sure. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's probably one of the ways you stop him. They didn't, the flames didn't even really do a good job of stopping him. He still had two tucks tonight. So, uh, you know, he, he, he did, he showed up and, and the flames really didn't, uh, weren't able to contain him. But if you're going to put up more, Hey, look, if you're going to, if it's a six, nine game, McDavid has a hat trick, as long as you have seven or eights, I'm okay with it. Let's just get through this round and, uh, <laughs> and on to the next. Yeah. And <laughs> not that the next opponent's going to be any easier. Right, potentially get to deal with Nathan McKinnon. So that'll be great. Yeah, Um, this is just the primer for that series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then if you get, God willing, if you get past that one, maybe it's like Nikita Kucherov. So yeah, yeah. um, for however long the Flames are going to be in it, the goal lights are going to be well tested. That is is for certain. Uh, A couple other things here before we we put a bow on this one on a a wild night here in Calgary. 
Um, no Tanev. I, I think that was no. rather evident with the, the success that McDavid was able to have. I think not that they would have completely shut him down, but I think you can draw a straight line to didn't really have an answer for McDavid, but also didn't really have your best shutdown defenseman like that. That feels like a pretty, pretty easy point A to point B. That's yeah. You partner that with the fact that I don't think Noah Hannafin had his best game mm-hmm. uh, as a Calgary flame or, or in this playoffs, uh, not to say, well, he did actually force a turnover that led to an Oilers goal there. I think it was in the second period, uh, just a week pass. He was trying to feed it in the neutral zone over to uh, to Anderson, but he just he didn't get everything on it, and it, tur- it ended up turning over into a, uh, a an Oilers goal. Um, yeah, you partner that with the fact that he didn't play well and Tanev wasn't in. Uh, that could be another thing that you know you can attribute this uh, this this high scoring uh, football game pretty much uh, football score. I know you're a football guy. It's a pretty low-scoring football game, but football numbers, we'll say. Yeah, it was more of lacrosse. It was lacrosse. more like the, the, the old yeah. Calgary uh, Calgary Roughnecks, well, the current Calgary Roughnecks against the old Edmonton Rush uh, now out in out in Saskatchewan. But yeah, kind of had a lacrosse feel to it. Yeah, yeah, I could I could feel that uh, feel that as well. But yeah, just a few things, you know, like that, that blue line wasn't at their best, I don't think, which, you know, funny enough, we talked about coming into the series is one of the strengths that that the flames had over uh, Edmonton was, was the fact that their blue line was better. Uh, but I don't know. There's still lots of time. They come away with the win. I feel like maybe we're being a little bit too critical right. after a win. Uh, I don't want to sound like we're bitching uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, the fact that this team just uh, gave us a hell of an experience. First of all, like we, yes. like we said it was going to be uh, and they come away with the win. They, they lead in this series one, nothing. So I don't want to be too critical. I want yeah. to, I, I want to be, I want to enjoy it. And I want to be happy. There are just some small things, and I'm sure Daryl will address them, that uh, the team needs to fix going into game two. Well, let's think like it's easier to talk about the stuff that isn't going well, because then, okay, well, how do you adjust? Whatever. It's like, okay, well, Matthew Kachuk was awesome. Next. Yeah. You know, like, you know, at some point it gets to be like, Mr. Burns, your campaign has the momentum of a runaway train. How do you do it? Like, but that that really what, what it was tonight. And we, we will fit. That is an excellent point, though. Let, let us finish on a high note. Once again, I thought the the real strength of this game was their ability to roll four lines. And we yeah. haven't mentioned him by name yet. Blake Coleman. Oh, have my God. Night, my guy. Oh. That was fun to watch, man. Oh, my yeah. God. He was a that was that was what they brought Blake Coleman in for. That yeah. was like, that's exactly the role that I expected Blake Coleman to play when he came in. There were so many people complaining early on, oh, he makes too much money, not enough production. He earned every single dollar tonight as far as I'm concerned. Uh, That's playoff Blake Coleman. That's what Tampa Bay got for two playoff runs in a row. Uh, And, and, you know, that's that's the kind of hockey that he plays this time of year. And what a hell of a game he had. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun to watch him play. That line was a game changer. I thought, when Edmonton was starting to, to make that comeback into this game, it was that line that was like, ah, we're not losing this. And to your point, that is exactly why you bring in a Blake Coleman, someone with that championship pedigree. And you look at the guys with the, the championship pedigree. Coleman, phenomenal tonight. Lucic, yep. excellent tonight. When he, If he scores in this building, in this series, that place is going to actually crumble to the ground. The top will come off. Yeah. Um, I thought Lewis, like, again, for him, had a very, very good game. Toffoli yep. was at least a little bit dangerous. Like, he doesn't get on the score sheet, but I thought he played well. Like, the, the guys who you brought in here for these types of moments stepped up in a big-time way, and I thought that helped elevate the rest of the team. Yeah. I will say, though, the next person I'm looking at, uh, I want to see that boy, boy, Cali. I want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see a little bit more 
Not to say he's playing bad. I think he plays a good uh, a, a good defensive game, but I want to see some offense out of him. Uh, I, I just hope for some offense out of him because he seems to be snake bitten right now. Yeah. Uh, since he became a Calgary Flame, no goals. So uh, I'm pushing for that boy, boy Cali to get on the score sheet uh, next game, especially in a game where you score a nine and he doesn't even get on the right. score sheet. I just feel for the guy, you know. I felt for Dubé. Like that everyone too. else's chances are going in. Dubé has point blank ones. It's like, oh, now you decide to make a save. Fantastic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dubé had a hell of a game too. Just a lot yeah. of good things. And again, we'll finish on the high note. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a little critical during this episode, but so much to be happy about. Yes. There were so many good things that happened and came out of this game that, uh, you know, we obviously talked about, spent a lot of time talking about the bad stuff, but there was so much good too. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's something to look forward to in this series. Yeah. Even, even Markstrom, who we were critical of tonight, the, the saves he made shorthanded there um, when the game was again, kind of in the balance and then Calgary is able to capitalize and score that felt like, again, while Edmonton was still able to come back, that felt like a real switch in that game um, and potentially in that series. So there, even the guy we were critical on, uh, we, we were still able to to kind of compliment sandwich that as we uh, we close this out today. Um, Audi, as we all catch our breath and get ready for game two, stupid late on Friday. Uh, yes. where, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at Audi James or on Instagram at Audi James underscore. Uh, I am at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash Primetime PK. Um, I've been a little sick, so I haven't been able to do that, but we'll be ramping that up shortly. Uh, I also have my own podcast called Couch Potato Diary. Uh, all right, that is going to do it from here. We thank you all so very, very much for uh, tuning in, for all the chats and all the tweets during the game. Keep them coming. Um, I can't, I don't know what game two is going to bring, but I can't wait to talk about it with all it's of gonna you. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's good. It's going to be fun. And it's, it's going to be a lot of things. Um, but mainly it's post game coverage is going to be right here on game over Calgary.